And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Well, hello to everyone. It is a beautiful day here in March. We are past St. Patrick's Day. God bless America. That is a fantastic holiday where you drink beer and whiskey. I know, Josh, you just gave a little bit of your time into that factor. You're coming back from Sacramento where you were coaching big-time grappling competitions where the guy <laughs> fucking ended the, ended the match in 10 <clears throat> seconds. But congratulations on the win. <laughs> We had big fights uh, in the UFC, and we're going to talk about those and all the things happening in the sport of MMA. How you feeling? Did you get any sleep? I got a little bit, you know. Don't yawn. The th- it's, Don't yawn. Uh, John, the Bay Area is its a Saturday night, and you're heading up to SAC. Oh, you're thinking, horrible. ah, I should we cruise? It's I should God, just put no. cruise control on that's, and go? No. That's what's wrong in the entire state of California no. when it comes to cities. Saturdays are traffic. Oh, it was brutal, man. I left it like, I don't know. I left right before the main event. I watched the main event on my phone driving. I was like, because I looked it up to see how, how long it would take. And it said three hours and 10 minutes. And I was like, what the freak? It's. <laughs> It's a two-hour drive to sack from my place. Yeah. Two hours, well, and it anymore. was it took over three hours. Hence Ugh. why I, I get moved there and to Tennessee. The match was, yeah, but then I get there and the match was only like forty-six seconds total. My guy jumps flying triangle, gets the finish, gets the tap quickly. I was like, Ugh, really? I said, hey man, I'm I'm done coming here for these. Let fasts. me get back in my car. Yeah, so let me get back in my car. I stopped at a local burger shop and. Got some food and headed home, man. I was tired. It was a long day yesterday, man. And I got a long day today, too. So I'm going to get a workout in after after we get done filming. It's early in the morning on Sunday. We're going to drop Sunday. this hopefully as soon as possible. And uh, we're going to have some fun, man. I am. Um, I. I. Let me see. I know. Like, yeah, I know. I, no, no. John, there was something. You, we were talking off air. Yeah. Uh, I want to get, you know. um, I want to talk about more, more, some more family stuff with you, but you, you, uh, you were at the auction yesterday. All day. I was all day. Long. What, what were you buying for the for the farm? Oh my god! Let's see. God, let's see. I bought a, I bought a, an animal trailer, so I got that. I got a great deal on it though, because normally they're super damn expensive, and so I paid very little for it. Super happy. Sixteen. Foot. How big is it? I, Sixteen foot. How wide? Sixteen foot. Well, it's a normal trailer five feet? width. Four, what, four, is no, five feet? I want to say four. six feet, eight feet at the wheels oh, or something okay. like that. Got it, got it, got it. So uh, got that, which is good because that way I can move all the animals around easily or pick them up or take them places, you know, that they may not want to go because it's the end. But you get you get out of hand. Miss McCarthy's going to put you back there. <laughs> oh, dude. Miss McCarthy. Miss McCarthy. Okay. All right. Hold on. You got it. I'm at, I'm at, I'm at an auction, mm-hmm. right? And it's all this farm equipment. It's fantastic. I love these things, right? And Miss McCarthy is there, and they have one little section, Josh, one mm-hmm. little section that's got like artwork. Mm-hmm. People do their artwork. They do woodworking. They do you know metal, you know, freaking things where they weld them together to make them look like an animals. Wood carvings, you know, totem poles, things like that, right? My wife. <laughs> now, mind you, I have live pigs. Right? She can go see a pig anytime she wants. There's plenty of them. She can pick out which one is her favorite. What does she want? This giant black metal pig statue. 
of this Wilbur looking some bitch that is, and I'm like, you gotta be kidding me, right? Mm. She goes, if there's any, I really want that. I, mm. I go, what, what are you gonna do with that? And she goes, I have plans. Mm, I go, is. plans don't mean shit. What are you going to do with that? Right? <laughs> it's none of your business. Oh, I have ideas. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I, I'm kind of stuck here because I'm going to end up having to get. So I tell her at the beginning, I said, don't look when it goes on, on auction and you got to wait a long time for these things to happen. Yeah. You got, you know, these guys, like so you got to really the podcast Dave talk. Oh, dude, you got to kind of, you, know, you get used to the banner. You get used to what it is. So I said, look, all right, I'll bid for it. Don't freaking put your hand up. Right, especially in the beginning, we don't put our hands up. Let us let's see where it goes, and then I'll start going. I got a, I got a cast iron pig now. Oh, <laughs> right, three hundred and fifty dollars for a goddamn pig statue. That's gonna sit in your yard and just get rusty, right? Thank you. Ugh. I'm like me crazy, and I look. I go. This is what we're buying. Are you kidding me? So she got she got her her thing there. She also got a bench thing that she wanted, so I have to do that so I can get the stuff that actually works for the oh, phone. Oh man, that's hilarious! <laughs> no, it was good. It was a good day. Yeah, it was fun. I was I was busy with uh, games all yesterday. I had lacrosse games and soccer games and coaching, and just I was I was I was the man whore yesterday, just running from coach to coach to coach to coach. <laughs> it was oh. help coach this, help coach this, run yeah. sack coach this. But it was good, man. Trying to watch the fights, uh, you know, catching some fight, the early prelims on my phone, then got home, watched the the start of the pay-per-view up until the main event, jumped in the car, watched the main event in the car. We're just a little bit <sighs> reverse. I did I did my watching my prelims on my phone as I was mm. sitting there bidding on stuff. <laughs> like people are like uh, looking at me like what are what, you doing? What do you what are you what are you listening to? What yeah. is that, right? That's just fights. Don't worry about. I wish I had normal ears, man, that I could put earbuds in without them popping out. Yeah, because it'd be nice to be able to listen to the fights. Like otherwise, I'm around people, so I turn the volume down, and yeah, I'll have it up a tiny bit. But all right, well, hey, let's get into some fights, man. Let's go UFC 286 uh, Edwards versus Usman three. Do you want to start with the main event? Hell yes. Why not? Nah, before wait, wait, before we get started with the main event, go to OnlyFans.com slash Wayne in. Subscribe to our channel there. We're doing some big things over there. Um, but it is free, guys. Everyone keeps telling me, like, hey, you know, I'm, I've been on. Like, they, they want a little bit more interaction with us. They're giving us some fan questions. So I'm loading up my OnlyFans onto my, onto my homepage. I'm going to be feeding you guys a lot more material coming up. So um, Make sure you guys subscribe over there. It is free. It does not cost you guys a penny. So, and let, right, let, Dave, let's you, first before we start, let us apologize yeah. to anybody that tried to go onto our live feed because mm. we were rudely interrupted by lightning that took podcast Dave <laughs> out of the equation and made um, it to where well that didn't work. <laughs> that was you, crazy. You know what's funny, right? Is that we. I don't know if people realize it. We all live in different states, and we still we still try to put this thing on. So it's 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 a lot of work because we're all in different time zones. That's yep. one. Two is the weather's different in all three locations. Oh yeah, and and so and California's been. I know I know I'm whining and crying about California weather right now, but it's been kind of wild this last couple. 
I'd say this last couple of months. I mean, a lot of rainstorms, a lot of windstorms. I mean, there's been a, a lot, lot of snow. Yeah, there's been a lot of snow up in north towards uh, Tahoe and Northern California, but they've had a lot of trees fall down. Like a lot of people haven't had power since last Tuesday. You know, because California is slow on fixing anything. So it's <laughs> it's uh, man, it's crazy. Yeah. So <clears throat> my parents are up in like near San Francisco, and they um they haven't had power since last Tuesday. And the worst part is they live kind of in the, the hills a little bit, like right before yeah. you get into the bay, into the on the bay side. They live right there, and um, there's no internet. So if there's no internet, they have no phone service. So we can't get a hold of them. So it's like they have, not until they come into town to use the phone or do anything. So we can't. We're like they're older too, like in their 80s. So we gotta be kind of kind of listen up for them and see how they're doing gotta be Trend. checking in yeah, yeah, yeah i think they got it up uh yesterday they got their power up but their internet's still not up yet so we, we, we will plan see doing, uh, uh we're gonna re reattempt the live stream this week okay oh sure we are did you we know just, this do you just make sure that you have good weather dave because we're not putting yeah. up with your shit anymore watch watch john's weather get all fucked yeah, up to go horrible. <laughs> the curse did you know that because of the rainstorms and the windstorms from like the last, I don't know, whatever, couple couple months of California, this weather is nothing like when it was like when I lived in Idaho and I have friends that live in other areas and you know where you're at. And I know even I've, I've seen storms in Kansas and in uh, Texas. Those are storms. This is nothing like, this weather here is nothing like, but they they postponed filing your taxes here until october because, because people in california of, are so special it's because they can't it's, deal it's, with just it's a, a little bit out of the usual weather <laughs> yeah i mean i like we had fallen trees and stuff like that my power was out for a while and then we had fallen trees and i'd have um some trees taken off my property and stuff like that but i don't know man that's like i mean it was hard to find people to come do it because they were kind of busy doing other stuff, but anyways, 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 and uh, I had a tree fall from in my backyard. One of my palm trees fell right between my garage and my neighbor's house. Nice, right between. Nice. Didn't didn't hit the fence. Didn't, didn't touch hit it. their house. Didn't really? hit my didn't house. Hit the fence. Nope. Just broke my concrete a little bit. <laughs> That sucks, but it's it is. Well, if there's anything that I have Uh, gained total respect for, it is an arborist, because those guys they know what they're doing. I have cut down now a ton of trees that you know break, and you have to take care of them and stuff. But and that's all after yes, the one tree attacked me and broke all my ribs. But boy, I tell you what, you learn. Oh no, I'm not taking that chance anymore. I'm not going to go. I'm going to tie this off. I'm going to do this. You, mm-hmm. you do everything you can to make sure that that tree cannot in any way bounce or do anything that's going to end up fucking you up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, All right. Not well, as easy as people think. All right. Let's go into the fights. Come on. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Leon Edwards versus Kamaru Usman in the main event for the welterweight title. This is the rematch. Well, it was a rematch from the title fight. It was a trilogy fight since it was the third, since both owned a victory. Usman winning the first fight, and Leon Edwards headshot your dead, kicked him to unconsciousness in the fifth round of their second fight. 
A lot of people were looking at, you know, Usman at the time. They were saying, oh, he was the pound for pound and all that. Maybe he was. But in the rematch, talk to me, Josh. What what differences did you see? Because I saw some differences. Yeah. When when you have a fighter like Usman who was hadn't been beaten in a long, long time, and then he's on a run in, in his title uh, run, and then he loses, and then he comes back, and he loses again. And people go, and they say, oh, well, oh, he's done. He's over. He's not done. He's not over. Like, I, I, I no. that. those are the things. Like, uh, Valentina Shevchenko. I already saw people online going, yeah, she was never that good. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, what? Like that? That's this is what people have to remember. This is what makes guys like John Jones so special. Is for right. them to get up every morning and go, "All right, I'm motivated to beat this beat this other guy that I've seen come beat up the and next. okay, beat the next, and beat the next." Beat and the it's next. The, it's and they and a lot of times John made it look easy, and right. Kamaru made it look easy a lot of times. I mean, like right. sure he had some really tough fights with Colby. But I mean, he you know he's he's made it look he made it look pretty dominant throughout his title runs, and he oh, yeah. and and his rise up too, he made it look pretty easy getting there. Yep. Um, he's a dominant, dominant fighter. But I, I don't know if it's because now in the back of my head, him mentioning the knee surgeries, or the you know his knees are real bad from all the years of wrestling. You know, the hand is you know I, it seemed like it was fine. But what I did notice is that, and I know that Leon's fast. I've sparred with Leon. I've trained with Leon. I know he's a fast fighter. We all know he's a fast fighter. He's coming to his own. Um, but in this situation, Usman looked, he looked a little bit slower. Um, okay. The way he stalked after Leon, um, the movement, all of those things just seemed a little bit slower. Now, coming off of a surgery, sometimes you don't get back into your full rhythm of what you're doing, but... I thought I thought Leon had a good game plan. His ability to get up was fantastic. Um, Camaro is, I feel I feel like he's still where he was beforehand. I just feel like he wasn't on as much as he was before he lost the title. He was on a he was on a run. He seemed like he was really growing and getting better every fight. I feel like he was a little bit off. I don't want to say off. He just wasn't where he was right before, you know, the the fight before he fought Leon and the fight he fought Leon. He was, he seemed like he was slightly, um, di like not different. This, I guess that maybe just maybe a little bit off. I have to say off. Yeah, he was a little yeah. bit off. You know, looking I, at it, when I say I saw differences, and I'm not going to say I saw a lot of differences in Usman. I really mm -hmm. didn't. I was very impressed with his chin. I thought he took some hard shots. He took that yeah. knee that was, hey, that was hard. Yeah. He took some uppercuts and some left hands straight down the pipe that you go, hey, that was a clean shot. And when a clean shot lands, it can disrupt you. And he, he ate them all and kept coming. The real difference I saw was Leon Edwards in that Leon had a little more, he had more confidence and believed in his hands. And the, the thing that's always made him good Two things, speed and accuracy. He's a sniper. He's very good at putting shots where he wants them to be. And he was very good at putting shots on Usman when he threw. There was times I was I was thinking, you need to throw more. You need you need to you know, up that output just a little bit more. But Usman, 
really impressed me with the way he actually fought as far as he was pressing. He was doing what he was supposed to do for most of the fight to get a win. And the pressing, this is where people get a little confused. Just because you're coming forward doesn't mean you're winning the fight. You've got mm-hmm. to come forward and put the shots on your opponent or get the takedowns that are going to allow someone to say you you are the one that's, you know, the cleaner fighter, the more damaging fighter, the more, you know, control of where the fight and the engagements occurred. I did think, just like you said, and it's just a little bit, but there's got to be that point, Josh, where we all, whoever it is, you reach the very best of what you're going to be. And there's only one direction to go. And it might, you know, it's not like it's, you know, you're plummeting down. But as you reach that plateau, you may be able to maintain it. But it's never going to get any more. And I think that Kamaro's at that point where, look, he's good. And he can beat just about any welterweight in the UFC. I think that the speed factor of Leon is now where his problem lies. Mm-hmm. Speed is always difficult. You know it's difficult. I you know, I, I used to complain about it. I said, but there's one that I don't care how strong someone is. I care how fast they are because mm-hmm. strength I can deal with. <clears throat> Speed just eats me up because I can't get there fast enough. They're touching me. They're out. All these things that occur, and it becomes this vicious cycle as you're in there that just keeps repeating itself, and that's kind of what happened at times. In this fight, Kamara would close that space and try to land, and Leon was landing the more effective shots. And he just couldn't get past that for a lot of it. He tried to mix up the takedowns, and as you said, Leon had a fantastic defense. You saw him, he baseball gripped on one arm how many times to keep him from being able to close his arms. It's, It's a smart defense against a wrestler that goes usually after double legs, and picks people up, you know. Usman's not the guy that that cut that turns corners on guys and drives them in different directions a lot. That's not who he is. And so, what Leon did against Kamaro was super smart. It may not work against another guy, but against Kamaro, it was a fantastic game plan as far as hey, when he comes in, this is what we're going to do. And he got himself out of most. And when he did hit the ground, for the most part, there was never damage. And he was able to get himself back up. I I look at Kamaro and 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 he's in that spot, and we've seen it with how many champions that there comes that point where you know the best that you could be is now past. It's not that you're not fantastic; still, you are. It's just that that guy that now holds that title, he's a hard match for you at this point yeah. in your career. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, like, if I look at the rest of the weight class, I think yeah. there's guys in there that he's already beaten that if they are able to get past Leon, which stylistically they may be able to, they yeah. have the style he to, could beat. Beat, to beat Yeah, they, to, to beat Leon. No yeah. matter what, <clears throat> Leon's output is not, is, it's, it's not a lot. So no, guys it's like got to be more. Yeah, guys like Colby could potentially run him down, work him down. I mean... He, he gave the first or the second fight, I should say. He said, oh, it's because of the altitude in Salt Lake. Possibly. No, there was a better. difference. Yeah, oh, yeah, there was. He looked, both of them look in fantastic shape. Yeah, both of them are in fantastic shape. And there's a lot that goes into it. People like, 
Camaro had a great game plan in the fourth and fifth round. Was press, press, press. Make yep. him, make him throw. And when he throws, shoot, keep shoot on it. him, hang on him, make him work. And he did. He did a great job of doing that. He just couldn't get the takedowns and solidify the takedowns That's to right. hold him there. Yep. Now, um, <clears throat> Camaro's just he's he's fantastic. Just style. I think the style last night of and how many times they fought, you really start to figure this person out. That's why, like, I'm kind of a fan of the trilogies if the first couple two, if the first two fights were decent because in this third fight, there's a lot on the line, but they both know each other pretty well. They yep. understand what it takes. They're not afraid of the power. They're not afraid of the speed. They know what they both offer, and it ends up being a, a fantastic fight. More probably more evenly matched than the first two fights, which this actually was. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've just, like I said, I've experienced the the trilogy position with Gil, and it's. I felt the first fight was dominant my way. I felt the second fight was a great fight, but it was more dominant his way. And in the third fight, we both knew what was at stake, and it became a really competitive fight where both were, they were really picking and choosing their moments. And this seemed like very much the same way. They both knew what they needed to do, and they both did it. Just one had a little bit more speed, like you said, landed the harder, cleaner shots. Um Leon, if he's going to fight Colby next, he's going to have to understand that he's going to have to keep his back off the fence at all times. <laughs> at all times. He backs and up. Sometimes he backs straight up, and you go, you can't mm-hmm. do that with Colby. Nope. Yeah. And then um, on top of that, the the take one of the takedowns that happened so fast, so easily, was when Usman snatched a single, and they just sat him to his butt when he ran the pipe. If yep, you do that again... Yeah, just snapped him down. He just sat him right to his butt, and that was the easiest takedown he got of the whole fight. Now you should look for Colby to start hitting that open, oh, that open field takedown, getting to the leg, and just dropping him, sitting him to his ass off the pipe. If he runs that single leg dump and just dumps him to his butt, I mean that could be there all day. And now you're stuck in the middle of the cage on your back. And Colby does work from the top. Now you may be able to get back up, but there's a lot of things you're going to have to figure out because they're not the same wrestlers. They're not the same. The, the styles are not the same. Completely uh, different styles. Yeah, and the output will be a lot more in terms of Colby. I mean, it may not have a lot of snap and power on it. Like Usman's proven, he can put your lights out. Yeah, I, you're Colby's, not. You're not. Colby's gonna, not that guy. Yeah, Colby's not that guy. He's gonna hit you with seven, eight punches before you feel anything. You're like, okay, get off me, and that. You know, but it's still <laughs> gonna be. It's still gonna be a lot. He goes punches effective. and bunches. Yeah. He goes punches and bunches, and he comes aggressively with his his wrestling. Yep. So. I'm I'm interested to see the Colby and the Leon fight. I just if you're gonna do it, I mean, do you, John, what's your what's your take on him being able to to just I guess skip the line, just sit there? Well, and this is you you gotta look. I I, I I'm not gonna say anything bad about Colby in this situation, but you got guys that have been super busy, mm-hmm. guys that are fighting. Bilal Muhammad, he's been fighting. And he's good. There is a little bit of a story there with Bilal and Leon, based upon they had that first fight. It ended with the eye poke. You know, never really you know came about. People can say what they want. You know, which way the fight was going. That's fine. Fights change in a moment's time. But Colby has been, you know, and I'm not going to say he's, you know, in any way did anything wrong, but he's been sitting. He hasn't fought in a year since he fought, you know, Masvidal. Now he did have the little incident outside of the cage that might have caused some kind of, you know, problem for him, you know. But 
he's been sitting. But I'll tell you what, just because, and this is, you know, people are you know, saying, you know, why, why does he get the automatic? Because he came in and he did what the UFC asked. He was there as a backup fighter. And the funny part is, Bilal Muhammad has been calling him out and mm. called him out to fight mm. in London. He could have been the backup fighter fighting in London. He could have, you know, done that, fighting Bilal Muhammad. You know, and if, you know, one of these guys fell out, he got to jump in. But he's no. And just goes and he does his part. He's the backup guy. And because he's the backup guy, that automatically is now moving him into you are the guy that gets the next shot. You know, I, smooth move, Colby. Very nicely done because you played it out as well as you could play it. Well, then I heard Dana say that. <clears throat> What are we doing with Bilal? Because the uh, guy asked, what are we doing with Bilal? And then he turns to uh, Hunter, and Hunter goes, oh, we're trying to get him against um, Shavkat. I was like, he's, he should be next in line. <laughs> well, and you you look at it, you know, Rachmanov, when you look and you go, okay, he had a, he had a really tough fight, very good performance in his last one and stuff, and he's moving up. If you're Bilal, you're going, what the frick? Yeah. What have I done to piss everybody off here? You did something, I've only buddy. Done, I've only done everything you've asked, and now I'm on a, you know, what, an eight-fight win streak? I, this comes down to the Dagestani claim of you got to get 10, 10 wins. That's when they'll give you a title fight. You know, yeah. and it's like Bilal's done everything that you can ask. He's been the main event. He's gone through guys like, you know, Vicente Luque, which was a hell of a win. How many how many little wins does he have in a row now? One, two, three, two, four, eight, six, eight. eight. Plus a no contest is nine. Wow. The no contest with Leon was right in the middle. Yeah. But you know, he's done everything. You know, some of the names here, eh, not, you know, but as they get up, you know, he beat you know the last four. Damian Maya, Stephen Thompson, Vicente Luque, Sean Brady. Mm -hmm. Look at four good fighters. Yeah. Four good fighters. You know, a couple guys with special talents in certain areas. And, you know, he's done a great job. That last fight with Sean Brady, yeah. you know, he just looked fantastic in that one. And so, I don't know. It's it's one of those you look If you're Bilal Muhammad, you got a little bit of, you you got some you got some stuff you, you can say, and you can be honest, and, you know, when you're saying it, say, hey, man, I've done everything, mm. and you're giving it to that guy. Well, because you've got, as Colby would say, you got cum shot in there, in the in number three. Yeah, but is he? he's 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 not he's not a seventy pounder. He's out. Yeah, no. He's going to be. They're already trying to match him up at one eighty five. Well, so yeah, and you come in at nine pounds over one. You know, and they, uh, look, I love Chimaev as a fighter. I think he's fun to watch. I love his mm -hmm. the way he you know does things. I like his personality outside of it. You know, when it comes to you know, give him to me, I'll smash them on the whole thing. That's <laughs> great. But he shit the bed in that Nate Diaz. No, let's yeah. just be honest, man. You know, yeah. That was a fiasco. Mm -hmm. It was just everything. And that was set up for him. Let's be honest. We all looked at that and said, that's not a good fight for, no. for Nate. That's no. a bad fight for Nate. And nine pounds. Nine pounds, Josh. Look, you can't tell me you've done things right and come in nine pounds over. You can tell me, you know, I did everything right and I had these problems and you come in a pound, a pound and a half over. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, those last ones are t nine pounds? No, you didn't even freaking work at it.
No, I, and like I don't normally agree with Colby Covington when he speaks. <laughs> it just drives me crazy. <laughs> uh, I like him as a fighter. I think he's talented. But man, when he talks, I'm like, oh, I get that cringe. But <clears throat> he's he had a point when he when I when I saw the interview of him talking about. Look, they set him up to to fight a big name in Nate Diaz. They gave him every opportunity to be a star. I know he's already kind of some a, a pretty a pretty big star right now. Yeah, but they they were pushing you. They were fast tracking you to the title. If you beat Nate, you're getting a title shot. And you, like you said, John, he shit the fucking bed. Yep. And and I think at 170, there's a good chance he would have been champ. But I think at 185, sure. If I put him against guys like Izzy and Pereira, yeah, the, he'll probably he probably could become champs. But you got to get past someone like Robert Whitaker. If you get past yeah, Bobby Knuckles, different story. I don't, exactly just styles and we talk about styles make matchups that's the those are the things that we're talking about you may be able to beat number one and number two like i said i said this from the beginning i said this from the get when we were talking about johnny evelyn and i'm not getting into the bellator versus ufc but johnny evelyn to me against robert whitaker is a harder fight for johnny than to fight izzy than to fight perhera it's no different than com shot you know, yeah. like with with him versus Whitaker, that's a really tough fight for him. Yeah, him against Izzy is still a tough fight. Match. <clears throat> yeah, Izzy is he still a tough fight for him? It's a tough, <clears throat> Pajara, tough fight. <clears throat> Pajara is a tough fight, but their styles <clears throat> match up yep. as something that gives him an advantage in the fight and makes it to where the, it's a difficult matchup for them. Yeah, and that's where we talk about all the time. Look, I can take guys and I can put them. And I'll tell you now that doesn't mean when I when I match these up that it's impossible yeah. for this one guy to win. But I'm going to make it to where this is a difficult matchup, and you can do that within the rankings and look and say I, I'm I'm trying. And sometimes the UFC does it. You know, I'm trying to get this guy a win, yeah. and it's just styles make fights. There are certain styles that give people problems, and there's styles mm-hmm. that don't. Yeah. I mean, I look. I look at after what I saw. <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. After what I saw last night with Marvin Vittori, also he's another guy that potentially will give Comp Shot a little bit of a hard time. He's got a fucking chin on him, oh, you know, yeah. and he's thick. He's got. He's got. He's pretty strong, <clears throat> you know. That he's got. He's somebody that could potentially give Cobb's out a hard time as well. Delize that that Delize guy as would well. Give problems. Yeah, uh, we're gonna get into that fight. That was a, yeah. it was a good fight. But <clears throat> anyways, I just Close look fight. at. I look at where we're at right now, and I think Bilal versus um, Rachmanov. I was like, man, that's. I feel bad for Bilal because you're one. <laughs> once you get rid of, once you get rid of Kamzat, right? Once you get rid of him, I mean, you really you're number two. You're right there. You're waiting. So you're kind of waiting for the the winner of the Colby fight with Leon. Yeah. But if I look at Leon, who, who Leon's like, hey. I, I kind of feel like, hey, I'm the king now. I get to kind of pick and choose who I want to well, fight. Careful, well, buddy. Careful. I agree that he is the <laughs> king of that division yeah. in the UFC right now. There is no doubt he proved that. When you sit there and say, I get to pick, Ooh. that might not be yeah. the term that you wanted to use. Yeah. That might be. There's there's other people in that organization. They might have more say than you. Now, you can always refuse it. But then you're talking about just getting into a situation you don't want to be in. Yeah. Some things are better left unsaid. (laughs) Just, (laughs) I should have restructured that verbiage there, buddy. I love you, Leon, but. Yeah. I mean, they just, like, 
they they keep those mental notes in the back of their head when it comes contract time. They don't do. don't don't yeah. think they. Their don't. memory is long. <clears throat> oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, but they, they'll they'll quickly forget shit that they don't want to remember. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, they'll quickly forget that. Um, <clears throat> where does Camaro go from here? Can you pull up the weight class again for me, please? Where does okay. he go? Well, this comes down to you said it many times, and it's it's a true statement. All right, let's take it, Camaro. He's basically 36 years of, of age right now. Mm-hmm. He's, his birthday, I think, is in, what, May? Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's going to be 36 years of age before his next fight. And if you take a look at the uh, the matchups here, there's a couple. I think that Rachmanov would give him some problems. Oh, absolutely. I think that would be a really – that would be a tough fight for him. And so you Why not him and Bilal? Why not him and Bilal? You could. You could definitely, but I think that, you know, wrestling-wise, I think they match up well. Yeah. I think the stand-up, I, I give it to Kamaro. I think Kamaro is a little bit smoother and uh, a little more power on his shots than Blal. You know, not much. Straighter. It's a, it's, a, it's a clean, you know, clean matchup. I could see it happening. But if you if you take a look at some of the other, you know, Gilbert Burns, you know, I'm not sure that his style is, is ever going to beat Kamaro. Kamaro's good at being able to control if the fight's going to hit the ground. And, if, you know, Gilbert's got power in his hands, but he does tend to, you know, tail off as the fight goes on. You know, he gets a little tired. The power starts to dwindle a little bit, and so it becomes average. Jeff Neal's a guy, you know, good with his hands. I don't know if he's going to be able to stop Kamaro in the takedowns and stuff. So you can take a look at, you know, the guys in there. He can beat. You know, a lot of them. But do you want to put him in that position to where he gets back to a title fight? And that's the real question. And the, the UFC always sits and makes these decisions. They're going to sit down with Mick Maynard, Sean Shelby, Dana's going to sit down, Hunter's going to be there, and they're going to talk. And they're going to say, what do we have here? Where are we going to go with Kamaru Usman at this point? Do we want to try to, you know, let him get back into a title uh, fight and it really I, in my opinion it depends on mm-hmm. who's in that driver's seat as the champion of do they can I throw something out there yeah go it's <clears throat> what we're here for man Islam Makachev against Kamaro no against Leon I was gonna say there's no uh, okay I thought you meant against Kamara. I go, why would Islam no, do that? No, That's no. the dumbest thing ever. To put him up there against Leon. I mean, he's... <laughs> I mean, he, he he tweeted about it yesterday. He's like, yeah, hey. well, because, again, <clears throat> favorable matchups is yeah. what you're talking about. Right? Yeah. I mean, right. is it favorable? Styles I mean, he fights. just... He, I mean, is it favorable, Stop. though? Stop. Is it favorable? See, not, now you're being fucking... Uh, well, he just... Being, he, he just got Very. up like seven, eight times yesterday against Usman. I mean, well, you know, maybe he could stop that attack, but maybe that that's a stylistic matchup that I believe is a hard one for Leon. That's going to be because first off, I the mean, you know, yeah, and you saw Camaro came out in the southpaw stance because he, yeah, he knew that that was something that creates a little bit of problems for a. Uh, Leon and I thought Leon handled it well, though. Yeah, that's true. I thought he did as well. That inside leg kick was money. Uh, nope. I'm surprised. 
I really am surprised that he didn't get to the calf earlier because he was having some success with it. Yeah. He just didn't start until like the he, second or third round. Well, he and started then, and then he stopped. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Got away from it. I'm surprised. Yeah. Um, it, it, though, I thought it was a great fight. I thought what was at stake, what was on at the you know on the line, not just not just the title, but the fact that it's the third fight, and there's a lot that goes through that fighter's mind, like man, yeah. like this is it, like whoever wins this kind of wins the whole thing, that kind of thing. It's in your mind. People say it's not, but it is. It's in there. Yeah. And um, I what thought about Leon... the point deduction? <clears throat> oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. I... So we just had this discussion last week. Yeah. Uh, was it last week? I believe it was last week. Yeah, I said, was, hey, the guy was, grabbed the damn fence. It's cheating. That was, Dave, that was Davey Grant against Austin Kyle. Oh, but yes. It, um, I think that, uh, I mean, John, you were telling me or crucifying me last week. You can't put them down in a position that they weren't in. And I'm like, the well, there's no rule for never, you to do that. We never got to that position because he cheated. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and I love Leon yeah. and I love Camaro also. But like you grab the fence. It stopped the view from being taken down. Absolutely you should did. start on the bottom. I'm sorry. You should. That's where I was trying to take you. That's obviously where I wanted the fight. That means yeah. that we should start where I wanted it because you grabbed the fence and cheated to stop me from getting you where I wanted it. And I am not disagreeing with you in any fashion okay. other than referee can't do that. That's not within the rules. Yeah. You can only do what you can do. Look, let's go back so freaking long ago. UFC 30, I would say 36, 35. No, it was 36. It was like uh, 35. I don't know. Who it was, was it? Matt Linlin against Merle Bustamante. Matt Linlin, the king okay. of cheating. <laughs> See, and it was it was just after this fight right here. It was after, mm -hmm. so it'd go thirty. It wasn't thirty six though. Maybe it was thirty seven. Go go thirty seven. Go thirty seven. Let's see. Yep, that's it. Thirty seven. So, anyways, no. in that, look at. I screwed up. I made a mistake in it where Linlin actually tapped, and then you know you say no, I didn't. I know, and sometimes you know you'll get those motions and stuff, mm -hmm. and I couldn't restart them where they were at because at the time the rule said if the referee interjects or interferes in the fight in any fashion, the fighters must be put back to their corners and start on their feet. That was the rule. And I knew that that was the worst thing in the world I could do at the time, but I had to do it because mm -hmm. that was the rule. I couldn't make up my own rule. I do think that, you know, at times we need to always go back and look and things are happening. Maybe we can change that rule. But right now, Herb, Herb was going to make a mistake when he said, this is a hard warning. I went, no, you can't do that. Yeah. Okay. Give him a hard warning. And then he, he said, no, and he went, Took a point, and that was the right thing to do. It was the only way for you to come close to leveling the field. Now, the big difference I say is Kamaro was in the top position when you stopped the fight. It yeah. should have been put back in that exact position and not started on the feet. You have the ability to do that. That is within the rules, and that's where they should have gone because that's where Kamaro had put the fight. 
Now, I didn't uh, Kamaro's corner ask to be put back in the same position or on the ground? And he said, no, they're like, I took the point. That's his yeah. penalty. Yeah. So do you, do you have the option to put him back or does he have to put, put him back? You can put him back. A lot of people say, oh, no, it's, it's double jeopardy. No, it's not. You're not double penalizing. You're put your tip. No different than when I, if I take a point on the fly, you know, and then I'll go back to, I think it's UFC 73. So UFC 73, you had Rashad Evans versus Tito Ortiz. It was in California, and Rashad is continuously trying to take Tito down, and Tito is starting to grab the fence, tell him, don't do it. And Rashad finally gets to a point where he's going to definitely get uh, Tito off of his feet, and boom, Tito grabs the fence. And because Rashad had worked so hard to try to get him there, and I didn't want to take him out of the position, I took it on the fly. That's a point. Boom. And I didn't stop the action. Now, it didn't work for Rashad because Tito was able to turn that position. But it was the right thing to do in that thing because you don't want to take him out of a position that he just gained his advantage that he's worked really hard for. Mm -hmm. So you can take it on the fly, and that leaves him in that position. Yeah, there, there's. I feel like there's got to be some sort of rule adjustment. Like if I am trying to get you down and I lift and scoop, or if I have you basically off your feet and you grab the fence that stops it, we should yeah. start on the ground. Just the I bottom agree. line, we should start I, on the ground. I, now, I'm not saying where. Looked at. I'm not saying it should be in mount. I'm not saying it should be in no, the guard. I'm not like saying I, it I've be, heard. I've heard. I don't. The fighter gets his choice. Bullshit. No. No, you don't get your choice. Okay. I said that last week. <laughs> You've heard people say it. You you want to know why you heard people? Say it? I said it last week, John. <laughs> no, I, I'm I'm telling you. I, I look at it, uh, and, and you know now, I think the referee should be given the ability to instead of taking the point, don't take the point. Mm -hmm. You work to try to get him down. He grabbed the fence that stopped the takedown. Automatically, we're going to put you down in a position that gives you an advantage but doesn't make your opponent dangerous from the get-go. When we look at guard, guard has a lot of advantages being on the bottom as far as submissions. Mm -hmm. In the guard, in the top position, you have advantages, but they're limited to really striking. You don't have submission. Mm -hmm. So let's put you in a position, half guard. Automatically, we go to half guard. We have an over-under with both guys, and... Start the fight from that position. You didn't want to be on the ground. Now you're on in a position on the ground. He can decide to try to go for a submission if you're in the top position because there are things that you can go for. There's things the guy on the bottom can do, but you decided to grab it. We're going to put you there now where you decided to break a rule to keep yourself from. You're automatically going to go there. Not side control, not mount, not guard. Half guard. What about butterfly guard? Nope. Because there's no hooks. The, there's there's no, the reason why is... You have a sweep, but there's real no submissions from there, but go ahead. Well, and the reason reason why I say not, not butter, butterfly is you'll get guys that they like the butterfly guard, okay, because they this is not about helping the guy that's now on the bottom. You are the one to, that had the foul. So why am I going to give you butterflies, which gives you the ability to elevate somebody? Right away. 
Okay, right away, we, we boom, my legs start coming up. I start off-balancing your hips. It's too much for you. I'm not going to give you that. That's why I say it. Let's go to half guard. But see, like guys like me, like I'm a half guard guy. I've run, I've ran through the Lucas Leitch half guard system my okay. whole life. Like I love it. Okay. So half guard to me is very like, okay, you put me there, I'll grab the fucking fence every time. Then, well, hold <laughs> no, on, like, no. no, you know, I because, get it. No, you get, you're gonna be I'm on the bottom points. and just sit there and say, oh, you know what, I'm good there. There are guys that are good with the half yeah. guard, but there's guys good at stopping it too. That's true. That's so. true. Um, I look at this fight. I look at look. The main event was fantastic. Leon, great the confidence was there. Teddy Atlas even came out and said, "You know what? Eighty percent, something like that. Thirty percent. Thirty percent better. They're thirty percent better, better than they were before they won the title. Was, now he won the title and more confident. He, he showed it. He showed yeah. it. And uh, especially Camaro that first is, round. Yeah, first round he you looked know, really good. But Camaro is. I, I still think that he beats. A big portion of all those guys. I think the guy I he agree. has a hard time with is um is Rachmanov. The speed yeah. that's gonna give that's gonna Rachmanov's gonna give him a hard time because of the speed, the reach, at, the range, the, the ability. ability. Yeah, just his athleticism right now, where he's at in his career, is gonna yep. give Kamaro some problems. Not that yep. Kamaro can't get it done. Nope. But John, I've got to do a separate note for him for Kamaro Usman. His post fight interview. How do you not love the guy? Oh, he's a fucking class act. Class, class act. I love Kamaru hey, well, Usman, man. Like I, just, I, I, I was with awesome. people. They go, why was why is he acting this way, saying this before the fight? Now look, now listen to him. I go, that's okay. called selling. You know, that's yeah. his job. You know, and and Kamaru, and I said, look, every time I've ever had any type of interaction with Kamaru Usman, he's a class act. He's super kind. He's a gentleman. I go, he plays the part. He knows what he's supposed to do to sell, to make people go, ooh, I either really want to watch him win or I want to watch him lose. I go, that's what puts money in Kamaro's pocket, and he's smart about how he does it. His press conference that week was great. He's like, oh, your corner was begging for you. Come on, Rock. Come on, Rock. And I was like, oh, my God, you fucking <laughs> oh, went there. You oh, went yeah. there. Holy yeah. shit, you're good. Yeah. Oh, man. Come on, Rock. He's manhandling. Don't let him do it to you. Oh, Jesus. I was <laughs> fucking, I was trying not to laugh out loud because, uh, oh, geez, man. He but, knows how to push buttons, man. He's good at it. Oh, he's good at yeah. it. When you're, when you're that good, no matter what you say, people listen. Yeah. You know? I mean, like, it's like John Jones, right? No matter how much he fucks up outside the cage, but when you gets behind the mic in his fight week, people listen because they know that he's fucking good. He can back it up. I mean, I, the one that I remember, the, and I shouldn't even get into this, when DC and John were going to fight the first time, do you remember when he, he, he tried to make a bet with DC over takedowns? He goes, I guarantee you, you know, I'm going to take you down. Mm -hmm. Guarantee it. He goes, in fact, I guarantee that you're just going to be, in the end, you're just going to be trying to take me down because of what I'm going to do to you. And I was like, mm -hmm. Wow, you're you're saying that to a dude that's an Olympic wrestler. You're mm -hmm. crazy. Nope, he was totally right. <laughs> yeah. Look, you know, I saw damn. I saw I saw a podcast. Uh uh shit. I think it was Courtney Hendo. You know Hendo from uh from uh he's like a photographer down in Alliance, down in the San Diego area. Anyways, yeah. he has he does a podcast with somebody and he brought up a good point that John Jones was a fighter who 
he didn't exploit people's weaknesses. He beat them in their strengths. Yeah. It was almost like he did it on purpose. Like, oh, you're, I mean, not, that didn't happen in the, this last heavyweight fight. He exploited his weakness. But yes. majority of the time, he wanted to show you that he could beat you where you were good at. You know, if you were good on the feet, fuck it, I'll stand with you. If you're good on the ground, I'll fucking take you down and destroy you there too. I mean, that's, I think, really a lot of top-level fighters, like even GSP, they they would try to exploit your weakness. Oh, once oh. once he got clipped by Matt Sarah, he became a wrestler. You know, yeah. and he just started fighting smart, started fighting people's weaknesses. John, outside of this last fight, he really tried to beat people with their strengths. You got to you gotta tip your hat to that. And he's been the longest-reigning champion, if you think about it, right? I mean, he hasn't lost in what? And a lot of people don't even count that loss, but he's never lost that. The so one that was before his, four, his 12, 13 anyway. years or whatever it is, 14 years yeah. of him, you know, uh, being the champ or whatever it is. So yeah. crazy, right? Crazy. All right. Look, we've rambled uh, on off track. Boy, all this we. other shit. We Let's go to <laughs> the fight that track. was the fight of the night. Really? If you're talking, if you're talking about God damn, they were throwing hard, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> this is the ones where you need to be there to yeah. understand yeah. how hard they're throwing and what you're hearing. You know, if, if you're the, if you're Mark Goddard in there, you're you're seeing it and hearing, and going, Jesus Christ! And someone's yeah. gonna go down here. Nope. But Justin Gaethje and Rafael Fiziev put on a show. They you know they're perfect dance partners. It was one of those. You know, in looking at this fight and going to say podcast David asked us for predictions and stuff and I screwed that up so that was my fault but my prediction was Justin Gaethje's going to get the win and, and he's going to get the win based upon experience experience against better competition experience in that he is a guy that will take a shot to trade and land a shot he's got really hard leg kicks that'll slow physique down because the speed factor for Ziv is going to be a problem for him. And, man, I'll tell you what. Both guys went out there throwing so hard. Fazeev was way faster than Justin. Amazingly so as far as how he got in there. But Justin Gaethje, just tough as fucking nails, took shots to land shots. And in the end, he was just landing the more shots. The, the jab really worked for him, especially in the third round. He started opening up and just, you know, just having your balance altered a little bit, getting popped like that, it, it just affects you in the fight. I thought both guys put on just an incredible performance, but Justin Gaethje comes away with the decision win. Well, last week's show or in the midweek show, whatever we said that, I mean, at least I said, I said like, hey, Fazeev is going to win the first round. Just the... Yeah, the he did. The, yeah, exactly. And I said, if Gaethje can survive the first round, round and a half, and you saw it right then. Yep. Justin just started putting things a little bit better together. Started not not so much taking chances, but just understanding where his opportunities lie. Yes. And he capitalized on them. I also think that very first leg kick by Justin Gaethje kind of set the tempo that, hey, I can kick hard too. Yeah. <laughs> when he sat him to his butt. And I was yeah. like, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, very nicely done. And... <clears throat> I've I've got up here and I've said some things about Justin a long time ago, um, not in a not in a negative way. It was more like I had, the reality check was I don't want to see him keep taking damage the way he was taking, that you know. And I love no matter how much you love, I, and I, no matter how much people love 
watching fights. I love it too. But at the, at some point, because I am a former fighter, I start caring a little bit for these guys. And I don't even know this kid. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I've seen him in passing. I've said hi to him at the, the old World Series of Fighting, all these things. But you can just tell he's a good kid. Oh, yeah. He's a, he's, I mean, good like, person. I don't, like I said, I've never hung out with him. I don't know. I don't man. know. Yeah, he is. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. I this know. is what he we just, do when we get this old. <clears throat> Everyone's a kid. <laughs> I've got a lot. I've got so much damn respect for this for this guy, and he's. Yeah. Uh, you can just tell the way <clears throat> when the interview happened. Was it? I think it was Dana White a long time ago during the COVID thing when he. I think when he fought Habib, he's like, "Look, Dana says all these other guys that fight for the title. Oh, I want my guys on the card. I want this person to be here. I want this. I want this." He's like, Justin just said one thing. I want my parents to be there. Yep. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, that just lets you know that he's an amazing person. He cares about his family. Doesn't matter what it is. He And he fights his ass off every single time he's in there. And at but he that did fight smarter. <clears throat> he I was getting to that. In this I was, okay, get, I was getting ahead. to that. No, no, that's all right. Go I ahead. was getting that because that's when I was talking about. I started worrying about him. Like, hey, this this is not the way. Like, you can't keep fighting this way and have a long career and. And I know he commented like a long time ago. Almost, he's like, he's like, man. He said something like, oh, okay, derp, derp, whatever it was. Something he said something. I can't remember what it was, but you could tell he was. You could tell it was kind of bothering him, or he said something like, yeah, well, you know, whatever. But then I saw this performance, and I saw his fight with Michael Chandler. He's turned the corner. He's not yes. just. He's not just a punching bag. He's not a guy who's just gonna. I'm gonna take one. I'll take three to give you one because I know I've got power and I've got a chin. No, no. This was this was very tactically done by his coach and by him. He fought a very smart fight. He just had to weather that storm in that first round, John. And it was hard to weather because the speed was such a big deal. And just you could tell there. You know when you know when someone's having a hard time with the speed. They cover their head and they put their head down and just kind of wing an overhand right <laughs> or an overhand left <laughs> and just and hope you don't get hit on the on yeah. the way out. Take take a step forward so and, much and throw it. That's it. <clears throat> and but then you know he got through that. Fazeev didn't slow down, but he just didn't have as much output with the same type of confidence to throw it. Like he was throwing one, one, two. Whereas in the first round he was throwing threes and fours. Yeah, and that was getting a little scary. If you're if you're Justin Gaethje, he fought smart. He fought a great fight. Um. The, my only knock on him, if I was going to say anything, is that, bro, you got wrestling. Just, he did. I've heard. I've, he no, did. Stop. In the last he did. five and seconds. I, I love, I love <laughs> what he said. I wish, I wish all the critics just shut the fuck up. No, oh, I fucking loved it God. when he said that. But I've said the same thing about Michael Chandler. I said, hey, they've got the wrestling. They've got the capability. You got to use I've what heard, your, where your talent lies. But I've heard, I've heard stories through his gym, people that train with him that say, hey, he never trains his wrestling. He never trains his jiu-jitsu. Like he, you know, like he just he just trains a lot of the sparrings, the mitts, the bag, and you know, but he doesn't really train his wrestling or his jiu-jitsu. And and that show and his losses, his losses have come, you know, um from from uh, Habib with the wrestling. Once he got taken down, it was the control, the dominant. Now I know Habib does that to everybody. And the same thing with Charles. Charles, I know, dropped him, sat him, but what it was, but then you know, he got to yeah. the neck and there was no Whoa. defense. When you get when you get hurt, yeah, you're it's, it's, to, it is you're different. Easy to submit it is different. No matter who you are. But I look at him and his career, and I'm a huge fan. And uh, 
I just, like I said, early in his career, I was more concerned for him and his health. And I love watching him fight. I want him to have a long career. And I love seeing him get make his runs at the title. I think he's got another title run in him. And at the very end, when he said, I'm not going to be around much longer, it just, it really put, it, it really made me think about, man, he, he has a goal. He has something in his mind right now that he, he, he sees. I don't know if that means like, helping other people train. I don't know if that means owning businesses. I don't know what that means, but to me, it's, he's got something else already out there that he's looking and eyeballing at, which, uh, it looks like he, he's delivered such great performances for us all across the board. And I love watching him fight and I, I, I'd like to see him get that another run. And he's a fantastic fighter. He's obviously a great person. So, but I thought it was, I thought last night was a great performance by him in terms of his, um, fighting smart. And this yeah. is what I was talking about for years. I would love to see him do now. Maybe he can call up Michael Chandler and get him to start fighting the same way. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to find out, uh, but I thought just a fantastic performance, fantastic fight. And, and the one thing I want to say for this is not drop him down at all. In fact, I think it's, it all. builds him up. I think Fazeev is he's going to learn from this fight. He's going to learn as far as, hey, when I have a guy doing this, I, I need to maintain those combinations that I was being successful with. Yes, I'm getting hit, so let me let me figure out where I circle. Because the one thing that I will give, Fazeev brings his head in on the center line a lot. He doesn't take it off when he's coming forward. He brings it in on the center. So it's little, little adjustments. We're talking two inches, left or right. Mm-hmm is going to make a big difference in whether he receives that counter shot or not. But he's going to be a factor. His speed is so good. And his the power that he has, the way that he attacks his opponent, I love that You know, he was... Who do you see marching Justin Gaethje down? Come on, man. Dude, the, yeah. he was marching him down at times. I was like, God damn, man. You know... Just a fantastic performance by a guy really going after the fight. But you know what? I think it was just this is where experience comes in. And having those fights under your belt where you've had these situations and you now have adjusted and you know how to turn the corner on this, you know how to make that momentum shift happen. He's going to have that in his back pocket now, and it's going to help him in the future. Yeah. I mean, Dave, pull up the lightweights for us, please. If I look at that that weight class, it's it's a dog weight class, man. Th- those are all tough fights, no matter who you mix in there with. Those are all tough fights. But, I mean, outside of, if I see Fazeev, I know that Chandler is going to be probably matched up against Connor. But uh, that would have been a fun fight, too, Chandler and Fazeev. But, I mean, I look at you look at Gamrot, Sarukian, Dos Anjos. I mean, that might be a good fight right there, Dos Anjos and uh, Fazeev. Fazeev, yeah. That might be a good fight. Absolutely. Any of those, all of it, and if if I'm going to be honest and I look at that one, obviously Gamro's got great wrestling, mm-hmm. but that's a tough fight for Gamro. That's, yeah, it is. He's he's not an easy takedown, so the speed is going to be a problem. The one that matches up the best with him is Sarukian. He's yeah. fast, he's young, and he's got great wrestling. What? Well, so, they're both coming off. Isn't Jalen Turner coming off a loss? Yep. Him and Jalen Turner. So that one of them gets a win. That'd like be that. a great fight. That's a good matchup. That's a great. You get the reach and the range and the kickboxing of Jalen Turner. Turner, and you've got the power and the speed of 
of Fazeev. Just yep. a dog. And uh, that'd be a great fight. Get one of them a win. Yep. Nice. All right. Next. I, I love it at the end when he goes, for all his, I got my takedown. All you guys, shut the fuck. <laughs> That's fucking great. <laughs> That's awesome. And he's like, not you, not yeah. you, DC, not you, not yeah, you. Yeah, just not you. the critics, the critics. And yeah. I'm like, oh, man, I love, I love getting Yeah, Gunnar Nelson going up against Brian Barberena. Obviously, this is a, a easy, you know, you know Gunnar Nelson's going to be looking for the takedown, looking for the submissions. You know that Brian's going to be looking to keep it on his feet. And for what I'd say a good three minutes, Brian was able to, but you you could see where he was hesitant in throwing his hands the way he normally does, going after someone because he did not want to end up underneath Gunnar Nelson, and that happened. And yeah. the inevitable happened. Gunnar's that good, you know, on the ground where Brian, that's just not one of his strong suits. I mean, he started out with, you know, guys in the MMA lab in Arizona and where, you know, he was grappling some and everything getting better, but he's really turned into more of a, he's a stand-up guy, stand-up brawler. Uh, got a good chin, goes after people, but when you're facing someone of Gunnar Nelson's ability on the ground, if you're not high level, you're going to have problems. We've, the sports hit a stage, John, where if you're not really good at the one thing like how you've got izzy izzy's fantastic at his striking Pereira, very yep. good at the striking you know you've got gamrot fantastic wrestler you know saru yep. you know you got islamic you have these guys that are really good in one area that it makes the other fighter hesitant to even take a chance those guys can be threatened like that's when you don't have to be as well-rounded but the sport's gotten to the point where you have to be extremely well-rounded everywhere and yeah. barbarina is he's He's not great on the ground. I mean, he's once he hits there, he seems like he's a little lost. That, that's his weakness. Yeah, and uh, if you're not going to be if you're not going to be Izzy level of kickboxing, then you're not really giving many people to fear much. I'm sure maybe you've got boxing, maybe you've got you know the cardio, maybe you've got the pressure. You're a dog in there. You can take a shot, give a shot. That's you've got to be good all the way around. And uh, he lacks that grappling once the fight hits the ground, and Gunner knew that. Gunner exploited it, and once the fight hit the ground, it was he worked his way to mount. And once he got to mount, it was you know, hey, I got ten seconds left. Let me try to hit this armbar, and sure enough, he got it. Yep. And so, <clears throat> it really beautifully done. I wish Gunner would fight more because he's got a big time. He's got a big time name, you know. Like especially over in the UK, everyone seemed to love him. When he walked out, it was like the crowd was on fire, electric yeah. for him. So, um, but hey, John, look, we've, we've been feeding this to people for I don't know how long, though, but before we get started into the next fight, it really comes down to we joined and partnered up with OnlyFans, so OnlyFans.com slash Wayne in. Join us, subscribe to us over there. It is free, you guys. It is free. So could join us over there. We're doing extra content over there for you guys. We're just really trying to get more athletes on this platform. We're trying to shake the stigma of what it is, you know, what it's developed into over there at OnlyFans. Not that it's going to stop over there. But we're just not we're not going to be in that position to be doing it. But you know, John, you don't want to see John with his big old tip tips and nipples and stuff hanging out. <laughs> but um, you know, hey, if it'll John, get you we, over there, I'll rub a nipple. 
<laughs> so head on over, subscribe to us over there. Like I said, it's free. We're not charging. We're going to put, uh, just building up the clientele right now. But really what it comes down to is we're getting more athletes on there. If you've seen MVP on there, you'll be seeing Chris Cyborg on there. Um, you've got, um, Charles AJ Oliveira. McKee, you got Charles Oliveira, you know, they're working on a bunch of new fighters as well. As we speak, they understand that the fighters are kind of the ones that will help build the platform, not just their platform, but also to help take care of the fighters that, you know, don't, I mean, they need the money. Every fighter needs the money. That's really what it comes down to. It gives an opportunity to make some more money, put out some more content and, uh, Connect a little bit more with your fans, and that's kind of where we're at right now. We're trying to connect more with you guys. We are only taking our fan questions from our OnlyFans page. So head on over there, subscribe to us. Like I said, it's free. You guys, there'll be a, I think there's like a billboard up over there where you can submit fan questions. And every time we do a Q&A, we'll be uh, taking fan questions from there and answering them on our YouTube channel or on our podcast. So, But uh, make sure you guys head over there. We're going to start trying to do a, a live uh, thing over there at least once or twice a month. On the onlyfans.com slash As long as lightning doesn't strike. As long as lightning doesn't strike. <laughs> and you know what they say about lightning, man? It never strikes twice in the same spot. Woo! We'll see, though. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> ah. All right. Well, hey, let's let's get into the next fight. Jennifer Maya versus Casey O'Neill. What you got? Wow. I mean, and again, here comes the difference of experience. Jennifer Maya, basically 30 fights into her career. Casey O'Neill, 10 fights into her career. The experience factor was huge because Casey did not understand how to change her style to take care of what Jennifer Maya was doing. She kept coming in with the same approach. It was the same setup. And you look and you go, you got to change. You, you look at, you got to set this up different. Take a different approach. Look at your footwork. You're coming straight angling at her when you do. And she is pop up and circling out. And Jennifer Maya just showed what a veteran fighter will do to a very good but lacking in experience young fighter when given the opportunity this is what happens casey had she was coming forward the whole time she was you know aggressive all that stuff i don't care how aggressive you are when someone's putting shots on you it it just turns the tables and they, jennifer walked away with a really nice win what I saw, John, was Casey O'Neill thought in her head and throughout her whole camp, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to stuff her takedowns. I'm going to outkickbox her. I'm going to I'm going to piece her up. And when Jennifer Maya came out and had better boxing, cleaner strikes and landed the harder shots on the feet, she it didn't changed. Know how to change it. She didn't know what to do. She's like, wait, what's going on right now? Like, I thought my kicks were going to be the difference. I thought my hands were going to be the difference. I thought I'd be able to outstrike her. And Jennifer Maya is like, I don't need to take you down. I'm outboxing you. I'm hitting you with clean shots. I'm snapping your head back like a Pez dispenser. Yep. Like, I don't need to waste the energy. And she looked fantastic on the feet. I mean, she Casey O'Neill made Jennifer Maya look like fucking Floyd Mayweather out there at the time. Boom. That's exactly it. I was like, what is going on? Like, I, I was, I mean, I had Casey, I thought Casey O'Neill was going to come out, shine, and I thought she was going to win this fight. I thought she'd be able to stuff some takedowns, use the kicks to keep her at range. Make her fight like a sloppy fight. It was I was way wrong. I yeah. was way wrong. I mean, Jennifer Maya fought a fucking awesome fight. Great job. The experience definitely paid through. But she's been working on her boxing. She's not one-dimensional. She's not just wrestling out there, grappling out there, trying to get this fight to the ground. She looked fantastic. She yeah. looked fantastic. Good on she her. Did. Great performance by Jennifer. And again, this is experience. This is what a veteran fighter does when put against someone young, 
with not a ton of experience, but very good, you know, hey, you've got to make it, you got to make it difficult on them. You've got to, you know, give them things that they're not going to be able to fix in this fight. She can go back now to the drawing board and learn how to fix it, but it was a great performance by Jennifer. Marvin Vittori against Roman Delizze. Talk to me, baby. I don't, am I wrong, but did you have it scored that way? No, I didn't. But did you have okay. say winning? I did. 29-28. So did I. I yeah. feel like they fucked it up, especially when I heard 30-27. Oh, dude, like, I was like, are you? <laughs> I was like, what fucking fight were you watching? Man. There's no way you okay. can tell me that the Delizze lost the first round. There's no fucking way he lost the first round. I was I, when I heard thirty twenty seven, I'm like, oh, Delice has got this, and I, yeah. I didn't think Delice won. It was one. I don't think he won the second. Or second. The, I can't remember which. Yeah, he didn't win the second, the second. I don't think. Yeah, I think it was the second. But he, I thought he won the fight. Yeah, and I, I love, I love, I like, I like, I like Marvin a lot, and uh, he Delice's took a lot of shots. Yeah, he did. Ooh. Yeah, he took some big shots. He yeah. took some big shots, but uh. Anyways, to get past the scoring but, and the and the fuck up in that situation. Tell me, how in the world, if you're Roman Delize, do you not take this fight to the ground somewhere within these three rounds? You know what happens, John, right? Guys fall in love with their power. God. They they realize that they've got, you know, they've got a power. They love it. They love the feeling of it. It seems like it's easier. What happens when you chase that knockout? You've seen it, I'm sure, thousands of times inside that damn yeah. cage. <laughs> you know, you're like, oh, this guy loves himself. Oh, he yeah. loves the power. He loves the, he's addicted to the knockout and he chases it and chases it. Ends up fighting a fucking fight that could have probably could have got him out of there in a round, round and a half. Instead, he's fighting three to five rounds every single time because he's <laughs> chasing the knockout. You know, um, <clears throat> but I thought Marvin, I thought he fought well. Marvin took some big shots in the first yeah. and uh, in the second, <laughs> he came back and answered and I thought he. I yep. thought he won the second slim, but I thought he won no, the he won second. <clears throat> and but if you look at if you look at Delice, right, like he, he didn't lose any stock. Just outside of not fighting smart, he could have got the win. I think had he got threatened to take down or two here and there, yeah. I thought he did. He showed win, he's right there. He is absolutely. He's a, he, he seems and strikes me as one of those guys that every time you collide bodies with him or any time you guys hit arms or anything, it fucking hurts you more than him. <laughs> Like, <laughs> yeah, you know those guys that just like you oh, bump yeah. in them like damn but, like that hurt Yoel Romero like yeah, exactly that you hit it right on the head exactly like Yoel Romero yeah. so funny when you, you when you meet Yoel like how are you so nice just oh, so dude. dangerous you do <laughs> so funny dude. you look at him you go man you're one of the nicest you know guys oh. and you're just scary yeah I yep. watch you and it's like you're just how in the Crazy. How did God put you together different? <laughs> it's just amazing. Yep. Meanwhile, but, the rest of us are over here getting old and shit, and he's still in a thank fucking 28-year-old body. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. That's it. All right, next. Jack Shore coming out against Amir Khani. It went exactly you know, the way I kind of thought. You know, It's going to start mm-hmm. off with you know, Amir Khani looking for takedowns and, and working hard, and if he doesn't get them, he starts to fall off a little bit. Jack Shore getting the rear naked choke. It was well done. Tight. Look, Jack Shore at featherweight, he found his spot because at Bantamweight, he was losing way too much weight. It would affect his performances. He's got 
you know, the skills and the strength to be in the featherweights. He's got the frame. This is a great place for him. Yeah, he's. I think he's got to put a little bit more muscle on because when you get up into those top guys, sure, this is their life. They they they're lifting, they're working out. They're this is their job. This is their life. They're 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 there to be the best. And I know that he's he seems like he's putting the work in. I think at featherweight, it'll be uh, it'll be good for him. Yeah. So, uh, he's got you know I think um if he puts on a little bit more muscle because he's got the output. Oh yeah, know, and he he's got a good chin. And yep. so I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. Can you pull up the lightweight division? He's got the right attitude. Sorry, featherweight. Lightweight, Sorry, featherweight. Featherweight. featherweight, featherweight. Yeah. Sorry, my bad. Featherweight. Um, if I'm looking at that division, I don't think he's he's not quite ready for the guys that are there right now. Maybe Alex Caceres. I think he's he's getting close. Yeah, he's you got close there. Again, featherweights are stacked. The bantamweights are featherweights. Row. Man, you're just looking at a bunch of guys. And you go, damn. You know? Yeah, but I mean, I look coming. at, I mean, like if you were to match him up against like Dan Ige, but Dan Ige is a tough fight for anybody. It's not a guy that you go, oh, that's an easy fight. No. Dan Ige, is, you never, know, you're, never. you're coming with someone that's just going to yeah. keep coming at you. So, yeah, but you got to look and say uh, Yusuf Sadiq. Sadiq Yusuf is a good one, too. Super, super athletic, super explosive, mm-hmm. you know, got it all. I mean. There's just no one easy, but this no. is that's that's the well the 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 strength of the UFC is the depth yeah. of the UFC. Yeah. It's, well, the problem is right is one or fifteen. They're tough. Well, I could move him all the way up to probably Korean Zombie, and he may have a good fight. But then after, if he does win that, he's fucked. Yeah. Like he's got nowhere go. else to go right now with the skill right. level that 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 he has. He hasn't quite fully matured into those upper guys. Like if you beat yeah. him. Now you're stuck fighting guys like Calvin Cater, well, Tapuria. We put him against Kige Chikadze. Yeah. And you look at that and you go, eh, he's got the ability to take him down and possibly mm-hmm. create problems for him on the ground. Uh, Chikadze has got the ability to light him up on the feet, too. Yeah. And yeah. so, could be good. Maybe not. That's true. You know, but again, this is why, you know, that the bantamweights and featherweights in the UFC stacked. Yep. Just yep, stacked. Yep, yep. Next. Ah, we had Chris Duncan against Omar Morales. Close, tight fight. But I want to talk about Yanal Ashmoz. 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 I think they call it Ashmoz. Okay. Against Sam Peterson. Boy, you take a look at a contrast in, you know, length and style and everything. And Sam Patterson was going to try to keep him on the outside. And I'm as I'm watching it, I go... Ashmoz is just waiting. He's looking. He's looking for that moment that he can close that distance, and you know that's his. He's going to take explosive moments. And when he made that explosive moment, ooh, that was nasty. And yeah. you know, Patterson took some big shots. He was hurt right yeah. away. But <clears throat> he was still wrestling with the referee. For oh, like- he was fighting a minute after. Yeah, at least a minute after. I mean, and least. and this is you know part. Goddamn, you know, one of the things that we teach in you know officiating is, hey, if you have someone that is knocked out, and that dude was knocked out a couple times, basically. You have someone that's knocked out. Bring their second in to when that guy is able to. Here, 
when, when someone is surrounded by people they don't really know, he's surrounded by doctors, he's got the referee, he's got inspectors, you got to have him hear a voice that he recognizes. It will help calm him down because all he knows is this is foreign to me and I'm fighting. And he has no idea what he's doing. Yeah. It's just automatic. And you got to bring in that voice that's going to, he'll, he's going to tune into, he'll recognize, and he'll stop. But you got to get that person there. <clears throat> and a lot of times, commissions don't, oh, I don't want them there. No, you need the person there, mm -hmm. you know, because then you have doctors fighting with fighters. It's like, oh my God. You're making this worse. You're, you're yeah. creating your own problem. You know, the guy that you used to work out with, Noad Lahat. Yeah. Remember Noad? Yeah. He got knocked out in the UFC so bad. He was out. And, you know, the doctors are over. And he came back. He was fighting. And they're trying to hold him. And it's like, you know, the referee wasn't there at that point. It's like, oh, my God. Get his corner to him yeah. so they he can hear that voice. But The flying knee. Yep. I think it was the flying knee. Yeah, it was. Yep, yep. <clears throat> um, uh, anybody else on here you want to talk about? I want to say uh, Mokayev, beautiful submission. That kid's gonna be. He's coming. He's coming, dude. That's a and Jake Hadley. Jake Hadley. Look, well, Jake Hadley's coming for him. <laughs> Boy, I'll tell you. <laughs> you know, coming from the same place basically. But yeah. Jake Hadley looked great too. So again, we talked about it. I mean that the Jake Hadley fight was a catch weight, but the the flyweights, man, they're getting some. They're gonna have some great matchups coming up. They, there's a lot of talent that's really on the rise, and the UFC's flyweights are really starting to look good. It's really an interesting division. Yeah, and then uh, the other fight was Jai Herbert and Klein. Good fight, good kickboxing fight back and yeah. forth. But he grabbed the fence. Was it the, the fence? It was the fence grab, right? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, yeah it was the fence grab. Yeah. Took the point, and that cost him. That yeah, cost him his win money. It did. <clears throat> I mean, what? you're gonna start. I think because of like all the the rule breaks and all this other stuff, people are like, "Oh yeah, how many times can I grab the fence? How many times can I do this?" People are get trying to get away with it now, and not that yeah. he did it on purpose. I mean, it's no. a lot of times, you know, it's people get all upset. There's times when you know you're falling and you're moving and your hand mm -hmm. you know goes out for a balance point and you hit that thing. It's automatic. Your fingers kind of yeah. you know clasp on as as soon as it touches because you're trying to stop a motion. You know people get crazy about oh every time you can't look at things. No. Not everything is the same as everything else. But in this situation, yeah, yeah. it was it was called for. All right, well, hey, that's gonna wrap up our uh, UFC talk. What is this? Two eighty six. 286, baby. Yeah, yep, UFC yep. 286. All right, Dave, what else? You got, you got some news for us, right, Dave? Yep. Uh, let's yeah, get this is where Dave wants to talk about Colby, Connor. Oh, yeah, um, this, is this is Dave's moment right here. This is his he moment right here. He loves this stuff. This is his moment. I love it. Go ahead. Go All ahead, right. buddy. We'll start with this first one. Um, sorry, Colby McGregor was who, on. Who, who, Connor McGregor? Okay, that guy. Was on Ariel <laughs> Hawani's show this week. Yes, um, he was. Who? You showed who? up on the MMA hour and then who? Who? talked about a Connor. few things. The who show? <laughs> I, who show? I, I know. Never, I knew what you were saying. Never heard of some, this. I've never some heard journalist. Of this guy. Some journalist show. Is he a journalist uh, though? Is he? He was he, on he, that. He, he is. Come on. He is. He's a fanboy show. He is. Connor's fanboy interviewed him this week. Um, 
about um yes. you know talked about a few things uh first thing is connor saying that he only has two fights left on his ufc contract <clears throat> um and in contrast to people like Ngannou, nate diaz who all bounced from the ufc connor had some nice things to say so he here's the quote from connor and then i'll let you guys react to it connor says for me the ufc is the pinnacle it's the company i love it's the company i wish to be with for the rest of my career um, so I've got two fights left in my contract and I hope we can continue. I want to be in the UFC. That's my catalog is my, is the UFC. My highlight rule is in the UFC. Uh, let's see what happens. I hope they feel the same. I, uh, I love the company dearly. It's a company that's changed my life. It's given me so much and helped me in my situations in life. Uh, the UFC is my company. Hmm. I mean, I, th- I think he's making a, uh, a play for trying to buy in his partner or trying to do something along the lines of trying to be, an investor into the company in the long run. It'd be smart yeah, on his happen. part. I, I, look, everything he said is... It, no. Everything he said... <laughs> everything's about value, brother. You know that. And how much value do you bring in the end? Because that mm-hmm. moment of time is gone. Let's be honest. It's gone. I think he's got enough say, money to help try and be... He could probably try to join in. Really, you as think an you investor. think that uh, IMG needs don't his need money? The money? I'm just oh no, but don't need having, it. Having him, having him to be continue to continue to be okay. Sometimes uh, that's a good thing for them. Sometimes yeah, that's a sometimes good thing. Bad. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes, yeah. Okay, no, and I get this, it. This, this is my point. Like Connor saying everything he's saying there, I agree with him. Totally agree with him. But the UFC teach. They treat you a little bit different than they treat those other guys. Oh, so there's a difference. And that's fine. You've created that difference. Good for you. Fantastic. But you can't sit there and it's, this is not apples to apples, oranges to oranges. It's completely different. And so those guys had a reason for leaving. You have a reason for staying, and I think you should. You know, no uh, there's not a doubt in my mind you should stay where you're at and you know but don't don't get on other guys and say oh they they should have you know taken the same path i want to take because you know, he's saying i you know he doesn't know if you know the, you know after his contract if they want to continue with him you know they're going to want to continue with him yeah. you know and he deserves it because he is good for the company as a whole but don't you can't comp- you can't compare what connor's at and ngano's at can't compare them different no, I agree. But I don't have anything to say. I mean, like okay. he's he's been part of the company that's helped make them a lot of money. Um, they'd be foolish not to try to keep him as an ambassador, or at least uh, I, I wouldn't agree. say give him a, a stake or a share in the company. But like he, I mean, I'm, I'm sure he'd be willing to invest if he wanted to invest a hundred million into it. I'm He's sure crazy. that they would. But <laughs> you don't think so? Yeah. You know, they might give him. They, I mean, might, I thought, they might let him. They might let him invest. You know, a little bit, but. Mm-hmm. When when you're that company and you're making that kind of money right now, yeah, you're going you wide. There you go. Well, you kind of they kind of do need them. Like right now, there's a little bit of a changing, right? You lost your heavyweight. Sure, you've got John, but John's 35, 36. He ain't gonna be around forever. John Jones. The best. The other part- stars are the other star. There's no other. There's no other Conor McGregor's and Habib's coming around the corner right now. And I love. I love. You know, like there's some good fighters that are there. You know, Islam's being one of my boy. Leon is is a good friend. I mean, like. We see them all the time. We go to the UK. Great, great fighters. They don't have, they, they don't quite have the 
it factor just okay. yet. Okay. All right. Then I want you to answer me some questions here. Okay. I'll just ask you a couple things. Do you, you remember when you first came into the UFC, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, who back was, in who, like 19, 19 so, fucking 40. So, so who, was, who, who was the big star back then? BJ Penn. BJ Penn? Okay, at lightweight? BJ Penn. Okay. Well, no, he, he fought. Was, that was my my first. No, my, sorry, that was my second fight. Was, uh, well, no, BJ Penn beat Matt Hughes the next fight. Yeah. <laughs> he okay. was kind of the big star at the time, yeah. Okay. But who else? So the, it was lightweight. Who else was? Chuck? Randy? Chuck Tito, Tito, Tito okay. was hit or miss, no. man. But Ch Chuck uh, and but Randy, was, okay. And, and Randy. were there guys that took their place? Yes, yeah. yes, there. And is. it always, it's, it's, it's part it of will the sport. Be. Always, there well, will be someone that takes the place of every person, everybody, everybody. Who did is I replaceable? Oh, yeah, no, no, John. This goes in life. Yes. When I when I hear these people like when when Elon bought Twitter and I hear all these people and I have friends that used to work at Twitter, they don't work there anymore. <laughs> they, I was laughing there. I just to hear them vent, and oh. I was like, "You guys don't have to work there." You know what I mean? Like you no. don't don't have to work there, and they're like, no. "Oh, the the company's not going to be run." Da, 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 this oh, and that. company's and like, going to fail. It's going to do without this without me, and that's. But the thing is, there's always somebody there to replace you. I get that. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the star power of which Connor brings, Habib brings, you know, um, guys they that have been there. They GSP. Bring a, they they bring, a, bring star a star power. power. But GSP is where right now? <laughs> Fucking living in this probably big ass mansion, just chilling. Okay. <laughs> just but chilling, bro. Again, at, one, at one point in time, he was the UFC's yeah. shining star. Yep. And he's gone. No, I get it. And, and they and it just marches on. And it's exactly what you're saying. I don't care who you are. Mm -hmm. The moment you think you're irreplaceable is the moment you just made a mistake. Yep. Everybody is replaceable. Now, the person that replaces you might not be quite as good, but they're going to be good. And they're going to be able to replace you. Yeah, what you have to remember is that, for me, like I feel like timing is everything, right? Like, Colby yes. came kind of at the wrong time. Had yeah. like Colby, he, he met his nemesis with Camaro, and Camaro just had his number. He came yeah. at the wrong time. Like, he probably would have been the next, like, almost Connor had Camaro not been there because he's he's able to beat everyone else in that division as of now or as of before. But Camaro is his nemesis. Um, but my talk is... is that these fighters are not that are coming up didn't don't quite have that star power that that Connor had or that BJ had or you know that Chuck had they had the mohawk the tattoo on the head those type of things but I since having this conversation not just this conversation but all in the past being part of seeing the growth I mean should I got signed at UFC thirty two or something like that thirty five whatever it was uh, you know to see the amount of money that they can spend now. And their PR machine is just insane. They can, I mean, you got to, you got to remember at some point, this is how crazy it is. At some point, people were trying to, the, the UFC, the UFC media or whatever it was talking about that Ronda Rousey could box with Floyd Mayweather. Oh my and God. And people yeah. were believing it. Oh, that's true. They were believing it. And I was like, 
uh, lost your mind. Lost your mind. Like, (laughs) but there was people that believed it, John. That lets you know how much money they spend on press on getting the 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 word out there that so and so is that good. They can make anybody a star. Their PR machine is fucking. It's just a bulldog. It's phenomenal. It's the it's the best in the business. It's It's a tsunami. Exactly. That's a great. That's a great uh, analogy there. It just runs right through you, man. Just keeps it just on runs. running. Yeah. It just and it, and no matter who comes in, which you got to give them credit make, for because that's yes, not easy. Absolute, no, it's not. No, but see, but when you hit the level of which they're at now, after all the years of them struggling to get people to recognize their fighters and be around and and all these other things, they've done a great job. And now, like that's what that's what when people tell me that fighters should be making boxer money. I'm like, you know what? You want to keep the sport going where it is. I would love to see fighters make boxers money. But then you wouldn't have all these undercards. Like guys like Jack Shore, we'd never hear about this kid. Especially after you get like one loss. If I'm putting millions and millions into you, and you once you lose one time, you see them boxing. Okay, they're not as good as we thought. They're gone. They're pretty yep. much, you know, and like it's 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 rare you get them to come back. It's They kind of linger around in that as long as they're winning. But they're never who they were. I'm sorry, but when guys lose an MMA, like guys like Justin Gaethje, Fazeev. lose an MMA, but then Fazeev, we're going to see them again. And now I'm oh, a fan. And, I'm a huge and fan. And they're actually moving up. And I'm a fan. Which is, I'm now addicted to watching this guy fight, and the way he fucking fights is, this is what I love about our sport. Boxing, once that guy, no matter how great a fighter was, knocked down, drag out, you never see that guy again. And if you do, it's like a, a fight that you really don't care about. It's like he's fighting some chump down the road and he gets his win. And now he's trying to make his way back. Never, They never fight the top guys. It's so rare to see them fight the top guys. I'm sorry, but we're going to see Fazeev fight another top 10 guy here coming up. Yeah. You can't say that about boxing. No matter how, like, and, and as much as I'd like to see the fighters make as much money as the boxers do, I like to see these young guys have an opportunity to make a lot of money, which a lot of money could be anywhere between you know, 150,000 all the way up to 500,000, whatever it is. But they're, they're making money and, and living a career. They're making a career out of themselves for the next, however long this, the PR machine is a, is a tsunami. It will run, will run through you, make you believe that Ronda Rousey can box the Floyd Mayweather. That's how big they are. That's how big they are. They will make a star out of somebody. They will. Yep. There you go. That's it. All right, next. Dave, next. All right, Connor also confirming that he and Chandler will. Dude, are you on a Connor fix? He is. He is. <laughs> he <laughs> fucking. I mean, he's a Connor nut rider. Comes out and does an interview. Go ahead. No. Come on. Okay. Come on. So, Come on. so what did he, he say? No, no, no. Right. What did he say? Connor said what? He, he said he's he's gonna fight Chandler at 170 for sure. There was speculation that it would be a 55. Dana think no, there was not at one point. Who, well, who Dana said, did say 55. Dana at one point. said 55. Yeah, and Dana, Dana said 55. Dana didn't have a scale like Connor did. Okay, <laughs> did. Connor knew exactly where he was at. He was like, "No way!" Did you see how thick Connor was yeah, even at yeah. the damn John Jones gone fight? Come on, mm-hmm. there's no way he's going to go to 55. Yeah. yeah. But what's your take on him still not being in the USADA testing pool? It's bullshit. If you're, <laughs> and this is where so weird to me that, well, again. This comes back to what we just talked about. The rules are not the same for everyone because there is the USADA testing pool. And, you know, you you can uh, 
say what they want. You're supposed to be in that pool. Henry Cejudo, who is going to be fighting Aljamain, has been in that pool now for how long? Coming up on six months. Because he's got to be in it and be clean for those six months before he can compete. That's the way it's supposed to be. Now, we saw in the past, Brock Lesnar did not do that. And what happened? They got sued by Mark Hunt. And he was caught because he actually tested for a prohibited substance in that fight. Right? So, not only did they not follow the protocol, they allowed this exemption and got burned by it. Now you have where we're talking about, look, you can't do this and look like, oh, this is a true program. You start to do exceptions and you're going to do an exception for Connor here because Connor was saying, oh, I've already, you know, we've already talked to him stuff. You saw it come out. We haven't talked. Okay. <laughs> so it's right away. You go, okay, there it is. So who's talking? I'm sure Connor's talking, but he's talking to people inside of the UFC. He's talking to Jeff Nowitzki. Okay. And Jeff is, you know, talking to him about, oh, we'll, we'll do this. We'll do that. And as soon as you start making exceptions, mm -hmm. you just, you're, you're blowing it out of the water. You're making the whole program invalid. You can't do this. It is clear that Connor has gained a ton of weight. How he did that? Okay. I'm not saying it. if you have a, a injury like he did is, you know, prohibited substance is something that you want to take to help that healing process. I'm sure his doctors gave him that stuff. I'm not saying that he did it on the side without him. They gave him that stuff to help him with the recovery and to let things heal in a quicker and better fashion. But there comes that point, you've got to get off of everything. And it's got to be out of your system long enough for you to not have a competitive advantage. And right now, with what he's saying and what they're saying, they're at two different places as far as what is really occurring here. John, how many surgeries have you had? Really? Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I mean, how many surgeries have you had? Uh, probably fifteen. Okay, so I, I've 12, had probably 15 I've, I've had close to probably I'd say about the same. I'd say ten to ten to twelve somewhere in there. <clears throat> All my surgeries, I have a plate in my ankle with nine screws. I've had pins in my thumbs and my wrist. I've had surgeries, you know, <clears throat> throughout my back and my, all these other things. My knees several times, like, but just more meniscus, more of that stuff. But I have never, ever yeah. been prescribed steroids. Well, yeah. No, I, look, it, I'm, look, I'm trying, look, I'm trying to I think. I get it at your age. If they, if <laughs> I get it at your age. Yeah. But throughout my fighting career, they never said, hey, you should probably well, get on this to help build more muscle around there. They no, never. That's true. that's true. I haven't. No. And and let me, I want to, my doctor was Dr. King. And everyone knows, if anyone knows who uh, Dr. King is, Dr. King was the on-field physician for the 49ers, the Raiders, the, Raiders, the, yeah. the A's, and the fucking Giants. All four Bay Area teams, he was the on-field physician for. He's done surgeries on Jerry Rice, Joe Montana, Steve Young, all these fucking premier athletes. He never once said, hey, you should probably get on this. Yeah. You're an athlete. So, Good point. Good point. I, 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 
I mean, literally, like he was the guy that said, "Hey, do you do you want do you want do you want Oxy? Do you want Vicodin? Or do you want higher? Yeah, but they'll uh, give you ibuprofen. that crap. No, no, no. But no, he asked me though, do you want or do you want a higher dose of uh, ibuprofen? Because he knew that I was he knew I was an athlete, and he said, "Look, I ask him because a lot of a lot of uh, athletes say I don't want the Oxy, I don't want the Vicodin. I'll take the ibuprofen." You know, and I'll do it in a, a little bit higher dose, which is like 500 or 600 milligrams versus yeah. taking the Oxy and the, and the Vicodin. I never took the Oxy or the Vicodin. Never. Because when I had my very first knee surgery where I broke my kneecap in half, I got screws that go through my kneecap. And I got I took Oxy and I just I could see that this stuff is not fucking good for you. I couldn't shit yeah. for like fucking two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> just after that, I never took it again. Never took yeah. it again. Fuck it's the, I did the same, worst. same thing like off of an ACL replacement. Yeah. yeah, ACL replacement. I took Vicodin for the first time, and I was like, mm. "This what? is horrible, no, man." No, no, that's it. One pill. That was it. Done. Yeah, no, no. I, I mean, so, I, took, I was I took... so weak. <clears throat> yeah, Josh, you you know, and and I know you. We can drink some whiskey. Vicodin <laughs> fucked me up. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't no. like it. I went I through. I went feeling. through. I went through um, my first knee surgery, and I never had a. I had like stitches and shit like that, but I had never had a full surgery, and I had a knee surgery. And man, I took. I, I went through a whole bottle of Vicodin in like a fucking week. Or, sorry, Oxy in like a week, and Oxy had just come out, and it was. And I, I realized after I was like, nope, I don't need this shit anymore. I can't do it. Like I, I couldn't take a shit. I couldn't. It was like I felt <laughs> bloated. I felt all. You know, I just was horrible. It was a horrible feeling, and I never wanted to feel that way again. It was disgusting. Yep. So I never took it again. And every time I went in for surgeries, they would always try to prescribe me. I was like, nah. I said, like, do you have anything that's not, that doesn't have this, like Vicodin or not? Like, I don't want these. And they're like, yeah, we can do, like, a higher dose of ibuprofen. And you got to you gotta deal with that pain for the first couple of days. It's fucking excruciating, especially on my ankle. Oh, so yeah. painful. So painful. But uh, it's a lot better than having that feeling of, and then also too the feeling of you know that this shit is super addictive, super addictive, and that's, and I've I've said this for, to everybody that I could preach to about athletes, all athletes. If you're a good athlete, you have an addictive personality, so yeah. stay away from that type of shit. That shit is addictive, like oxy's, Vicodins, all the other shit, all these pharmaceutical shit. Stay Any away kind from of opioid. You you mentally have an addictive personality because you wouldn't be as good as you are as an athlete if you didn't have an addictive personality. You have to be good. You've got to love the grind. You've got to be out there doing all that extra work because you're addicted to that thing. Well, your addictive personality can now be taken over by this other addiction. So stay away from that shit, man. True. All right, next. Next. All right, we'll wrap up on Aljo saying that um, he'd be open to fighting Marab. If the UFC there would goes, offer John. Up some NFL money. <laughs> there goes, John. It all right, this all comes time. down. Like, I'm not saying anything wrong with anything Al Jermaine is saying here. I agree with him. But it all comes oh. down to it's like that whole joke about, you know, what you're willing to do. And yeah. someone you know, offers a dollar and offers, you know, $100, offers mm-hmm. a thousand, a hundred thousand, a million. And then the person changes their mind. And, okay, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's you know, this is not about you know w- you know will you it all comes down to the benjamins in the end that friendship will be put to the side if there's enough money on the table and aljamain yeah. just broke the code yeah. that he had with marab but i'm not saying that fight's going to take place but yeah this is you know this is the way it is it's a business 
I mean, I, I hate to tell it, like, Aljo, do you know that 90% of the athletes in the NFL are making league minimum 750000 You're making that already, buddy. That's NFL money. Now, are you talking Patrick <laughs> Mahomes' money, Aaron Rodgers' money? Right, that's that's different. a little bit different money. But you said NFL money. NFL money is about seven fifty. Not everyone's making the the Mahomes and the Rodgers and the Brady no. and the. They're not making that money. Fifteen percent, twenty percent. I I just saw money. guys get signed. Fucking a good good uh, linebackers, good defensive backs. All these, they just signed a four year deal for like ten million. Four years. Yeah. I mean, if you fight three times in one year, you're making more than them. I mean, I would be around there, I would imagine. You, you know, if you fight three times in one year, you're making more than them. They're making that over a four-year period. It sounds like a lot of money, but it ain't. You know, um, I, I got a buddy no, it's who good. plays. That's a lot of money. It, it, don't, it say, no, don't say it ain't. You, no, it's a it, lot it of money. Is. It's a lot of money. Yeah. But, you know, but I've, yeah, I've got. I understand I've what got you're a, trying to say. I've got a buddy who's, you know, on the short list of MVP for the NBA this year. And uh, he plays in Denver. But he signed, he just, he's about, or he did sign. Uh, it's the fourth deal, I believe, you know, and his fourth deal is four years, four years, 98 million. That's good money. But when you're talking about some of the guys in the NFL, and well, that money's not, in the NFL, that money's not guaranteed. No, it's not guaranteed. I've had quite a few friends that played in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, none currently because I'm so fucking old. But you know, it's a, <laughs> a your different time kids. as far as money. <laughs> your friends' but, kids, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know, some of them, you know, when you take a look at the money they make, they make good money, mm-hmm. but they didn't make life changing. Oh my god, you know, mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes type money. They made good money, and as long as they were smart and didn't waste that money, they were going to be, you know. Okay, they're gonna if you okay. invest it, put it in you know some you know real you know real estate or something like that. But not everyone is making big money. But again, this is just all part of. There's always that price, you yeah. know. And Dana knows that. Is he knows is, is it? Mm. Does Dana care enough to give that kind of money? That's really the question. No, he doesn't. I don't think so. Not, not, not for that not fight. A, not, a, not as far as that one. No, I mean, like they, they, they've made adjustments, like for the John Jones or Shad fight. They've made adjustments to pay a little extra to make sure they oh, get yeah. that grudge match. And then Absolutely. after that, the gym split. And then that's, and I hate to say that Dana, that's what he wants, but he it is what he really, wants. He doesn't really like these super gyms because at no, some point them. these fighters are going to have to fight each other. Right. And I don't want and I don't want to hear, "Oh, I want to keep avoiding this guy until we get to the title." He doesn't he's a promoter. He's there to put on the best fights. And if the best fight comes when you guys are both ranked 3 and 4, I'm sorry. You're not getting to the there. title until you guys fight each other. Yeah. And uh he's there to make money. Um this is this is this has been common. This happens. Like, oh, we'll never fight. Sure. We'll never fight. We'll never fight. And you know, it's like, Eventually. okay, I'll fight him for NFL money. He should have used Major League Baseball money because that's guaranteed money <laughs> or NBA so, money. Yeah, or NBA. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. Anyways, it's I, I actually really like. I would love to see this fight. And I understand if they decide they don't want to fight. I'm okay. Uh, with it. I hope they don't. I hope it, you know. In the end, you know, like it's never going to happen. I love the relationship those guys have. Mm-hmm. And the way that they, you know, try to help each other throughout, you know, their camps and everything they're doing. I like what Ray Longo does with them and stuff. So, yeah, I hope it doesn't happen. 
I don't need to see that fight. I, I get it. I, I would like to see Marab fight for the title. And I think it's he can fight for that title when Al Jermaine decides to go up to featherweight because he's going to do that. Yeah. I, it's funny because we had this talk several times in, in our gym at AK. You know, it was John. It was John Fitch. It was Josh Koscheck. It was Mike Swick. All three of them constantly being told they had to fight each other. And Koscheck was the one that told them to fuck off every single time. We want you to fight Swick. Fuck you. We want you to fight. Uh, you know, he he seriously. I, I was on the I was in the car with him one time when I think it was uh, it was Joe. Joe had called. Yeah, and said hey. And was talking to Bob and Bob. Had, sorry, not Joe had called. Bob had called. Said he talked to Joe. He's like, yeah, they want you to fight Swick. He's like, fuck him. He's like, I ain't fighting Swick. <laughs> Same thing with John Fitch. He's like, no. He's like, tell them to fucking don't even bother to call me if they have if they if it's if it's regarding John Fitch or Mike Swick. Cost was that guy, man. Like he maybe sounded like an asshole or was a jerk or an asshole to everyone outside. But when it came down to certain stuff, like that type of shit, he's like, no, fuck you guys. I don't need to fight them. And I love, I appreciated that about him. I think him. he's right. I, I appreciated that about him. Um, me, on the other hand, I was different. I, I said, all about the I Benjamins. Said, <laughs> no, it was, it was, it was, but I, I sure also is. didn't want to hold people. I also didn't want to hold people back. If I was the champ, I said, Hey, I want you to fight me. Cause it, it's life changing money. If well, I wasn't it, the champ, I said, I don't want you to be offended. If I tell you, Hey, if it's for the title, I'll fight you. I'm not fighting you any other way. But, it, and this is, it is that exact conversation of, Hey, we can make each other a lot of money. Look, you're my friend, but we train all the, all the time. And we're always punching each other in the face. So, all right, so let's do it and both make a lot of money. And afterwards, you know what? No hard feelings, however the however it goes. Okay, I have no problem with that. But as soon as one guy doesn't want to do it yeah, and one guy does, there always becomes that friction. Yeah. The, the thing is, is I, I've never had to fight a friend. I did, like, when I was younger, I fought a friend and we were never the same. Um, but it was... It, we didn't get paid for it, but it was oh, did that a lot. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it's never the same. Like I, I don't, I don't. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think that Gilbert and Kamaru Usman have the same relationship they did before they fought. And well, I and, no, I, and I would imagine John Jones and and uh, Rashad had the same relationship, you know, before they fought. Like no. that's the that's the worst part. Like Tito and Chuck definitely don't. You know, like there's guys that you come up with there's guys you train with there's guys that you you've bled with and sweat with and all this you know and you guys have made each other better but once you break that line it's never the same no, and i i agree with you that it's i agree with you that man you know um you should, i don't think they should fight but for for me like i always looked at this as a business i'm somebody that could could be that way i could be like ah i don't give a shit like there was only one guy, and we just sorted this out at the last Bellator, was Clay Guida. I had a little grudge yeah. against. Outside of that, I've never had a grudge against anybody I've ever fought. None of them. Not one, not one person, because I realized, like, when we're older and got kids and grandchildren, it ain't personal, man. And, yeah. and also, too, I wish nothing but the best for all of these fighters, all of them, because there's, there's a struggle ahead. You know, I mean, I was lucky enough to get out with some brain cells still left, you know, but no matter what, there's a struggle ahead. There's a lot. There's injuries like you don't get up out of bed. I'm 40. I'll be 45 here coming up. And it's 
back, neck, you know, like these are, and you don't realize it. You, it just seems like you're like, oh, I'm an athlete. I'll be good for until I'm 50, 60. Yeah, no, no, nah, it happens within like three or four years after you start feeling things, injuries, just little tiny injuries come up. So I wish them nothing, all of them, all the people I ever fought, I wish them nothing but um, a great life, happy life. Yep. So, absolutely. But hey, before we wrap this show up, go to WayneInMerch.com, pick up some of our um, hats, man. Look at our hats. I got to get, I gotta get me some gear. looking good. I got to get me some like gear, it. man. I got to get me some gear. We got to get some new designs up, too. We want to yeah, send over do. some new designs. We got to get some new absolutely. ones up. But yeah, yep. I like that circle one. I think... Uh, Dave was wearing it the other day. You guys, are you? What, oh, zip it, zip it down. Boom, there you go. Baby. There it is. There it is. Scroll up, scroll up to the top a little bit more. There, it is. I'm not a skull guy, but I get why. That's a cool skull. That's a cool skull one, though. Mm-hmm. I like that one. That's your head and my head. I do like that. <laughs> I do like that. Uh, that flag the one. Yeah, that yeah, one's fucking good. sick. I need that one for sure. And then I, I'm a, I'm more of the see the all black with the little old school logo. That's yeah. me right there. I love that one. <laughs> I just I like simple. I like simple, and I, I like I like to wear black. You know what I like? I like to wear black pants, black shirt. But when it comes to like fight stuff, I've never done sorry. that once in my life. No, no. <laughs> when it comes to fight stuff, I've got to have some color, man. It's so funny because people, people all the time go, "Wow, well, you, you wear black." Yep, yeah, it's easy. Mm. Like, I, I don't ha- I don't have complications in my life, man. It's like, oh, black shirt, right on. I'll wear blue jeans at times. That's it. You know. Yeah, the the best part about I think about with just wearing black, right? You can pretty much be anywhere in the world and find a black shirt or a white shirt. That's that right. Along with it, that's if right. You've got a yeah, like it's it's it's, it's just uh, easy, baby. Yeah, just do the best you can. <laughs> All right, well, hey, that's going to wrap us up. Make sure you guys go to OnlyFans.com slash Wayne in. Subscribe to our channel there. It is free. It's free. I can't keep saying it. it's free. We're free. doing a live show this week on YouTube, and then we're also going to be heading over to, to OnlyFans doing a live show there as well. So make sure you guys check us out. And, John, we, wait, you know what we didn't do? We didn't do this the last two cards. What's that? Rate the show. Rate <gasps> the card. I, I, I don't think that we rated it before expectation-wise. So I'm going to say rating this, I love the Fazeev and Gaethje fight. I thought that the Leon versus Kamara mm-hmm. fight was a good fight. There was a couple of fights on there that I, I really liked, and there was a couple that were just... <sighs> but I'm going to say overall, seven and a half. Ah, for once, I'm not going to be higher than you. Seven and a okay. half. Okay. I was yeah. going to say seven and a half and you said you took the words right out of my mouth. Um, strategically, the, the main event was a very strategic fight. Great. So I expected that. I wanted that. Um, it was it was a great it was just technique wise, just their abilities. They are fucking fantastic fighters and they're great people, which makes it even more fun to watch them fight. Uh, Fazeev and Gaethje. I mean, I can't say enough about Justin Gaethje. How do you not love the kid, man? He's fantastic. Nope fantastic kid just a dog of a fighter and just i'm a huge fan and um and then outside of that you go on down i thought the the young kid what was it uh grant davy what's what was what? his name what was the young kid that got the body shot knockout god i forgot his name uh go, jack jake hadley oh jake hadley yeah yeah, yeah. i i love him grant. i love the way he talks i love the way he's confident about himself the way he comes out with the swag i love it man he's got that little swagger about him Yep. I'm looking forward to seeing him and him and uh, Mokayev or whatever his name fight. That should be a good fight yeah. if they do ever line that fight up. 
But outside of that, man, there was kind of some lackluster fights. And I, I think there were some good highlights of some, some, some fights. But outside of that, I give it a seven and a half. All right. You know? All right, John. There well, we hey, go. why don't you take us, take us off, take us off, buddy? So to everyone out there, thank you for tuning in. We have got a good show coming up on Tuesday. So, excuse me, Wednesday. Why did I say Tuesday? Coming out on Wednesday, we got some things to talk about. We have a very good UFC that's coming up. And for everyone out there, thanks for tuning in once again, and we will see you.